To adolescence after Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. We are a podcast <laughs> dedicated to re-exploring, retracing, and remapping the Star Wars mm-hmm. expanded universe of our childhood, which is now Star Wars Legends. And yeah, equal parts love and criticism. Yeah, I'd it's say. it's always fun, and we shoot straight. So yeah, if it's great, we, we you'll not... know it's great, and if it's not great. You'll know that too. Yeah, and maybe this one and falls speaking in of the ladder. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're uh, sort of jumping between the Tales from Jabba's Palace and Jedi Academy, and this week we're working on the second book in the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson, which is called Dark Apprentice. Yes, and so this book follows the events of what was that last one called? <laughs> Just Jedi Search. <laughs> Jedi Search. This follows the events of Jedi Search, but it is also, you know, just its own book, so. Is it? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If you were thinking this is the Empire Strikes Back of the Jedi Academy trilogy, no. <laughs> this is the Highlander 2 of the Jedi Academy trilogy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this is a series. So sometimes we'll, we read books that, like, neither one of us have read before. Sometimes one of us uh, and not the other has read them. Sometimes we both read them. Um, and this one we both read mm-hmm. or listened to. I did. I had the abridged audiobook, which was yeah. edited very differently than this. <laughs> um, and I did read this one. I own... Uh, actually, I own now two copies of it because I have a friend who's been giving me legends that she's found. That's um, so sweet. I don't, I don't want two copies of this one. <laughs> um, so I did read it. And the only thing that was sort of familiar was the, like, Jedi Academy, dark, dark Sith Lord infiltration stuff. The rest of it. I mean, none of it I remembered essentially all of it, although... Uh, it was it was different than Jedi Search because in Jedi Search it was basically the same book on the audiobook. It was just sort of you know passages here and there were edited right, out, taken out to make it shorter. In this book, whole storylines were taken out of the Gone. audiobook version. So like yeah, that- Jason and Jaina going to the zoo with Chewie three PO that wasn't in the audiobook <laughs> at all. And neither maybe should it have been in the book. Yeah, and, like, overall, I'd say the audiobook was, like, much tighter. Uh, Mara Jade actually was barely in the audiobook. Like, she was much less of a figure. Um, The third Sobbit game for the ownership of the Millennium Falcon (laughs) was not in the audiobook. Um, So there were still plenty of surprises in here for me, although I did overall still remembered it, but I remember it making sense in a way that this yeah just does not this this book was yeah. stressing me out it, it was very stressful it was like a lot happening and yet like so so we've talked about this over text because we can't help ourselves yeah no we have no self-control but i have a sort of theory of why these books just like i mean and i think there's more than one reason why these books don't work but for me like the biggest problem with these books um, and I'm talking about the Jedi Academy trilogy in particular, is that, like, there's no overarching theme. 
Yeah. Like, there's nothing anchoring all of these bits and pieces of story to, like, something larger. So, like, we loved the Han Solo trilogy. It was amazing. And I... And and I think part of the reason we loved it is because, like, we could trace sort of this theme of, like, friendship, of, you know, loyalty and faith versus, like, being out for yourself. Like, there were these, like, much larger conversations happening within all the stories sort of tying them and grounding them, right? And maybe they're not, like, the most explicit or the most... No, but even, yeah, or, like, even in Tales from Jabba's Palace, there was right. themes of home and all of that. Right, and, like, horror, and, like, we could we could make, even if it's not necessarily intentional, right, we could sort of, like, make sense of something larger happening. Yeah, there's... Here, I have, n- there's nothing. Yeah, and, I mean, we usually start with the plot of the book, and we'll get to yeah. that, but part of why we're, I think we're skirting it is it's hard to even say... Like, what is this book about? Right, it's not really about... It's like a series of our, our heroes quotes, right? <laughs> like, because I have some questions. <laughs> but like, on, like, sort of their adventures, right? But, you know, and I was trying to think of, like, okay, well, I spent a lot of time thinking about this today. Like, what's the difference between that and, like, A New Hope, right? Or Empire Strikes Back? And the difference, I think, is is that even if maybe there's not, like, a cohesive theme, and I think there is like, to those films, there's this idea of, like, a mythology, right? That's sort of, like, in the Joseph Campbell kind of, which is on Netflix, by the way, if you're interested in, (laughs) and looking at the power of mythology, which is a documentary he did on PBS, that, like, it, it, there's, like, these sort of overarching, like, human, very understandable and multiple culture story that's happening. Right, right? there's there's a hero's journey. Right, a hero's journey, he, like, gets a call to adventure, he refuses, like, that sort of, like, yeah trajectory of the hero right setting out on an adventure and i would also say that in a new hope the action the characters are coming to it from different positions but they're all propelled by the same same events they're all reacting to exactly the same thing books like i i don't see the connection between the different like chapters of action that are happening other than like the characters sort of narratively being like shoved <laughs> into each other's spaces like once in a while yeah but, like, overall, like they know each other like right. that's a perfectly lovely way to live a it's life like if you wrote a book about like we were both away this past week like if we wrote a book about you being at your home with your family and me being at home at my family and like we didn't cross paths no, like, like we sometimes texted <laughs> right but like but we didn't like it wasn't like our lives were intertwined no we were like nothing especially <laughs> nothing that big happened we we're just doing right it. like we both know each other yeah and, like that's a connection <laughs> like in terms of our like daily life like there was nothing no there and that's what um, we have here <laughs> and that yeah so maybe we should at least we gotta I try mean, I think bare bones we ah, so okay we gotta go skeletal bare bones. Like last yeah. time, the bear. Like last time, which I think we did a pretty good job. We did. Of, we, like, we were very yeah. brutal. You got to be brutal. Okay. Yeah. So maybe start with Luke. He does have. Oh, God. <laughs> the most slash least going on. <laughs> maybe you should start with Luke already. Okay. In so theory. in this book, uh, Luke is entirely on Yavin 4, working on his Jedi Academy. He has. A- working. <laughs> he has. <laughs> Assembled 12 students, the oh the ones we met in the last book in this one. 
And okay, we'll get more into what's yeah, actually what he's no doing. detail, just like all right. So he as he's leading his students through learning to be Jedi, <laughs> one of them constructs a lightsaber, fights him, and then spontaneously combusts. And then later, uh, Kip Duran shows up at the Jedi Academy, but he's sort of like ill-suited to be there he's having problems questions he seems to very like vengeful yeah he has a lot of like anger towards the empire yeah and he steals mara jade's ship and disappears and then later comes back and force lightnings luke into a force coma yeah and both him and gantoris who's the one who got burnt to death um, have been visited by the sort of like dark Sith spirit. Right, but that, Luke like, doesn't sort of, know about. Right, right. Um, that sort of like resides on Yavin. There is um, an evil ghost. Like an ancient, an ancient Sith Lord. Um, so yeah. So that's what Luke does. Luke's in a coma. Um, so Leia. Oh God. Moves Leia, from place to place and weeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's having a really hard time. So she <laughs> and Admiral Akbar are on some kind of like, diplomatic, peaceful mission to this planet that has not um, sort of, like, celebrated their, like, culture since the Empire has ended. Um, And they're going to watch this, like, singing cathedral. It's a windstorm. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a cultural thing that... Yeah, it's like when the winds blow, it goes through the tunnels of the cathedral. Right, and it sounds beautiful. Um, And on their way descending into the planet... um, the ship goes awry. Admiral Akbar ejects Leia, so she's sort of safely out of harm's way. But he cannot stop the ship from crashing into the cathedral, and he's survived somehow. The shield—he manages to get the shields up. Right, the, ship. the shields up, but he destroys the cathedral. Yeah, and like almost four hundred dead. Right. Nobody seems bad. <laughs> By the way, so they go back to Coruscant, and Amrak was just like devastated. Yeah, he feels so guilty. He's like, I can't keep my admiral position, and he basically resigns. Um, he resigns. He goes to visit Anakin on a knock because he's somehow like in love with Winter. <laughs> in love with Winter, and like has a very special bond with this baby. It's unclear. Um, Leia, in the meantime, uh, finds out that Mon Mothma is actually, like, serious. I'm sorry, that was fireworks. <laughs> it's, it's July 3rd, <laughs> so you may hear fireworks. It's really loud. Um, Mon Mothma has some very serious illness, and she's, like, dying. In the process of dying. And Leia's like, I cannot deal with all of this stuff happening in the New Republic without Admiral Akbar because he's sort of, like, a voice of reason. Yeah. Um, and so she goes to Mon Calamari, which is uh, Admiral Akbar's homeworld. She tries to convince him to come back to Coruscant. And then There's Admiral Dala Right, Admiral attacks. Dalla, right, attacks Mon Calamari. Han, which we'll get to his story, but he swoops in and... I mean, he gets there late, but Admiral Akbar successfully sort of fins off Dala's attack. Right. But he, he destroys one of the Imperial Star Destroyers. Right, but then he decides, this just shows that they really need me even more on Calamari, so I'm not coming right. back. Right. Thanks for saying. And Leia's like very. Leia's just sad and weeping and in, in mortal danger. Yeah. This entire book. Um. Yeah. And then Han is. Does anything happen with Han other than a bunch of sobbing? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, nothing happens with Han. He's just like yeah. going from place to place. We'll talk about Han. And I guess Yeah, he like he he's taking care of Kip Duran at the beginning. Yeah. Um and him and Lando have a bunch of Sabbath games where the Falcon literally moves from person to person like every other chapter. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awful. Book. And um and he's like taking care of the kids kinda. Of, but not twins, at all. But not really. Um and yeah. Kip, when Kip uh when he leaves Luke's Academy, he goes completely to the dark side, declares himself a Dark Lord of the Sith, uh, mm-hmm. steals the Sun Crusher, and right. uses it to try to destroy Admiral Dalla's Star Destroyers with this plan that he's gonna destroy yeah. more stuff. That he alone is um, gonna de- defeat the Empire. Yeah. There's also, so, I mean, we see Admiral Dalla um, sort of trying to plan her vengeance on the New Republic. Yeah. Um, we see there's a plot against Admiral Akbar, so it turns out that the ship that he was flying with Leia was sabotaged, and they're the people that are are um, sabotaging him are actually after Anakin? Question? <laughs> um, yeah. This, the baby. The guy because who... They, I guess they know he's best friends with the baby. <laughs> yeah, the guy who poisoned Mon Ma, who yes. he threw a drink in... Mon Mothma's right, face in the last, last book. book, and that's what's poisoned her, although no one has figured that out. Um, yeah. He has a, like, calamari guy who he can activate mind control in, question mark. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that guy sabotaged Akbar's ship because he knew the first place Akbar would go would be right, to visit go. his <laughs> baby best friend. <laughs> his baby best friend. And then maybe he's into winter too. We could talk about that. Um, and then there's another like weird subplot with Wedge and Tilly's, our most famous rebellion pilot. Um, and Quizooks. Quizooks, um, who was the uh, architect of the Death Star and the Sun Crusher, and he like takes her on vacation. Yeah, to a very <laughs> troubling, a place run by a very troubling guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can maybe talk about that, or I don't know what to say about that <laughs> I don't know at what all. What to say other than ooh. So basically, at the end, uh, the big sort of like cliffhanger is that Luke is in. A Jedi coma. A Jedi coma. Jedi coma. Um, and he. Yeah, Luke's in a uh, Jedi coma. Kip has the Sun Crusher. Yeah. And. Oh, yeah, and the twins get lost at one point, but then they find them and it's fine. Yeah, it's. All right. So. All right, let's just. Okay, right, so. Do you want to play. High point, low point? High point, low point. <laughs> it's going to be a tough Can game. We? I mean, I have, like, very minute. Like high point. Okay, high point. give me a high point. Um. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I do think Lando is still great. Lando is killing it in this book. Lando's crush on Mara Jade is a little bit is a yeah, it's a little bit much. It's a little bit much. Lando is like in middle school whenever Mara Jade's around. Yeah, yeah, he's like trying to cook her like a nice meal and. <laughs> He would throw over at the end a little bit. A little bit. bit. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like Lando, as, despite the sort of like ridiculousness of the multiple Saba games, um, I still find Lando to be pretty charming. Lando is still very charming. And I think this actually might be a way to mention, oh, I guess it's sort of, this is me combining high points and low points, but taking mm. taking a long view of the Kevin J. Anderson books we've read, he is really good at like 
creating alien worlds, coming up with yes. new cultures, cr- making creatures. He mm-hmm. is really good at creatively designing like a new Star Wars space, you know, like here's yes. this planet with the cathedrals Agreed. and the winds and the vores, and here's this creature with the crazy wings. And it's like, that all works great. The spider yes. things in the last Solid. book, all awesome. And he can do very well creating new, interesting, compelling characters. So if it's yes. his first crack at someone, um, Admiral Dalla, Kip Duran, Quizooks, yeah, all great. My problem, I have a couple of problems with Kevin Janderson as a Star Wars author, but my main problem is that his take on the major characters from the original trilogy is unrecognizable to me. And I can't, I don't want to go out and say like there's one definitive way of understanding these characters because there's not, they're fictional, they could be anything, but not only are they not in sync with my interpretation of the characters, which I could probably get used to, but they are not even recognizable as people who make sense to me. So like there's a world full of good and interesting characters. Um, Seagal, this new mountain Calamarian woman, Kwizuk, all these characters are great. And then, Han, Leia, and Luke seem to have all suffered from personality altering traumatic brain injury where they are not themselves and are incapable of making decisions. And yeah, agree. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's troubling. And I think this book I mean, this is maybe high point, low point combo <laughs> too. Like I think this book actually does a better job of balancing that because we do spend I think a more significant amount of time with the sort of new characters in this book than we did in the last. Yeah. And those moments one. are better. Yes. For the most part. I think so. For the most part. You know, I, I, I still don't know exactly what the like arc of this is, <laughs> even with those new characters. But, yeah. But I, you know, Kip Gantoris, like that stuff was way more interesting. And they were more, um, like proactive in the narrative than our three main. Yeah, our three main characters really seem to all be being dragged along by a sense of obligation. None of them seem to want to participate in the book. Or in like, yeah, in the book or in their own lives. Yeah, like, uh, just like the lives that have been set out for them. <laughs> yeah, so Luke, in theory, has been wanting for years to found a Jedi Academy that theoretically <laughs> when we <laughs> saw him in courtship which took place a couple years before this he was looking right. for the the text so that he could know how to make a jedi lesson plan a sacred in the, in the book before this he was going around recruiting people kind of but he got a couple of guys and i have no idea yeah. where these other 10 sorry people came from like they were just like we feel bad for you <laughs> here we are <laughs> so you know he's been this is theoretically this is presented as the passion project of years. And yes. he has And not even just a passion project, like a necessary thing. A and in order for this galaxy to function, there needs to be The New Jedi. Republic needs these Jedi Knights. Right. Because like Mon Mothma says it at one point in this book. She's like, well like we could really use like Yeah. And Leia like, says it too. Like we yeah. definitely need Jedi Knights if we're gonna make this New Republic thing work. Right, which I don't really understand why. Like, no one has explained that. No, not at all. <laughs> to me. But so, 
But he has no plan at no. all. No, nothing. He gets there. Like, he's just a go. I mean, it's the same as in Young Jedi Knight. It's worse than in Young Jedi Knight. Well, it's worse because these are like adults. <laughs> these are adults. <laughs> who, who have left their lives and their families and everything for them to be there. And he literally says at one point, like, you could go to your room. You could go outside. You could sit here. Just do whatever you want to do. Let the force tell you what to do. I'm going to be over here taking a nap. Like, you <laughs> he talks a side tangent. Both in this and in the Young Jedi Knights, so maybe this is like a Kevin J. Anderson take on Luke. He talks about sleep and like interrupted sleep, great Jedi sleep, dreamless sleep. Like Luke is obsessed with his sleep schedule, <laughs> and it really annoys or me. Or sometimes he does Jedi meditation exercises that are more restful than sleep. Than sleep. Like if Luke does not have like a full eighteen hours of rest per day, he doesn't function. Like he's a cat. He like needs to. Sleep like, like if you go back in this book and see how much how much like sleep comes up, no, it's for nonstop. Luke. And like it's Luke is checking in on other people's sleep. Like okay. yeah, he's like, "How are you sleeping? Am I sleeping okay?" Like every, I think if, everyone's sleeping, but they're sleeping too deeply. Too deeply. Yeah. If I didn't know anything about Star Wars and this was the first book I read, I'd be like, "Being a Jedi means you sleep a lot." <laughs> that would be my interpretation. And I mean, multiple ca- and I mean, not only that, but he also, there's never a time when he is telling people how to do something or explaining anything or demonstrating anything. No. Gantoris, okay. We I'm have to get so about mad this right moment. <laughs> Gantoris, also, maybe we table this for a second, but like, right. Time-wise, we need to talk about how much time people are there because my understanding is that Kip Duran was there for two days and he fully went into the dark side, which doesn't make any sense. It was actually but anyway. Kip Duran was okay. literally there a week, they say, at That's one still, point. It's crazy to me. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> but Gantoris, like, gets there, has been telling Luke since they met that he has had these dreams that a shadowy figure has been, like, haunting his right, nightmares. that he will meet a dark, a dark, shadowy figure, will promise him power, and then destroy him. Right. It's a very specific prophecy. From day one, Luke's like, go do whatever you want. On this planet where there are, like, spirits and, like, hidden temples, every, like, and he's just like, go, do, do whatever you want to do. Gantoris immediately <laughs> runs into the dark shadow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and he comes back, and he's like, hey... We, because he went with Streen, um, he's like, we yeah. found a temple oh, that nice. was like a site of great power. It seems kind of like a dark place. There was a giant statue of a person there. Person, and, yeah. And Luke's just like, all right. All right. And never. Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> never thinks of it. Like, he doesn't check it out or anything. No. And so then Gantoris, all right, we have to do the whole story of Gantoris okay. here to really appreciate how that's. I'm going to so. get so mad. <laughs> okay, so Gantoris is from a traumatic background. He was the leader of people who were uh, dealing with all kinds of, like, natural disasters constantly. He was holding this thing together. And now he's here. So, and I understand that what's happening is that he's being corrupted by a dark spirit. Fine. Very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> but outside looking in, if you're not in Gantoris's head, what happens is that Gantoris... <laughs> Stops sleeping, starts spending the night. Sleep's important. 
very important to Jedi's, stops sleeping, starts spending his nights wandering around the halls, muttering to himself. Uh, also, while not sleeping, he's basically Edward Norton in Fight Club. Also starts, <laughs> manages to build a lightsaber by himself without no. help. Which should be hard, although we know it's not. Finds Corsica right. gems, because those are just out free on you. Whatever. Um, Builds a lightsaber by himself. Then, in the middle of the afternoon one day, when everyone's just hanging out in the brush doing nothing, he comes yeah. charging out with his lightsaber, attacks yeah. Luke, tries to kill him, slashing yeah. like crazy, screaming over and over, am I a Jedi yet? And then Luke manages to get the lightsaber away from him, turn it off, and literally, direct quote says, good exercise, Gantoris, but you need to learn to control your anger. And that is it. Yeah. (laughs) There is. He's not like, oh my god, how did this guy get a lightsaber? He's only been here for 45 minutes. There's (laughs) no way this could happen. What, you know, and the other students even are kind of like, hey, like... (laughs) Something's wrong. <laughs> like, like, if a student, regardless of the type of school you are running, if right. a student has a full psychotic breakdown and tries to murder you. Yeah, you say we need <laughs> to do, like, talk about That warrants a follow-up. Even yeah. if you are running the kind of loosey-goosey <laughs> ship where that doesn't get you expelled, which, like, I think Hogwarts standards, that's an expulsion. Oh, 100% you get expulsion. <laughs> Am I a wizard yet? Yeah, someone ran a Dumbledore. But also Dumbledore would be like, he would have caught that before it even happened. Like, yeah. And Dumbledore would turn a blind eye to a lot of shenanigans. Um, right. So then, so that happens. There's no detention. There's no Thursday school. There's no follow up. And then in the middle of the night, Gantoris, again, outside looking in, burns to death. Burst death. Spontaneously combusts from the outside in. So there's just a charred husk of him on the floor. The students are all freaking out. They look to Luke and Luke just goes, but where the dark side? Yeah. And that is and that's it. it. If I was Luke, which, like, I wouldn't ever be because this situation's bananas, but if, like, all that happened and all of a sudden one of my students came up to me and was like, oh, my God, our my roommate is just a charred body on the floor, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not cut out for this life. Like, I don't think I should be a teacher. I don't think... I'm good at it. Like, I would have a real reflection of, like... I get freaked out if a... St- I mean, I don't really get freaked out if a student wants to argue about their grade, but I get, like, worried when it's time to hand yeah. essays back, because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I did something unfairly? Like, what if I miss... What if I miss Mark yeah. something? Like, what if I didn't see... Um, and Yeah, like, I would... Yeah. Had a student try to murder him in the afternoon and then spontaneously <laughs> combust at night, and he's just... Yeah. No, oh, that was... Oh. That was not how I thought my day was going to go. Yeah. And he's not like, oh, I should really go check out that temple. Or, you know, I should really have a sit down with all the other students and, like, make sure they're okay. And, like, yeah. if this is happening to him, like, maybe it's happening to somebody else. Like, nothing. He's just like, huh. He's not even weird. like, maybe I should bring in some medical experts also, from the New Republic to find out what killed this no. guy. <laughs> also, and I don't remember at what point, like, in this, traje- in this trajectory this happened. But at one point, Luke is visited by this dark spirit. 
In a dream, because he's sleeping. In a dream, yeah, because he's sleeping. <laughs> he doesn't have time to be awake for this. Because <laughs> like, after knows. all this stuff happens, Luke sleeps like a baby. Baby. Oh, yeah, he's not going to miss an hour of sleep for this. Come on. Like, it's a little bit disturbing. But... <laughs> it's not going to keep him up. No, no. But he has, like, a dream where his father comes to him and is like, Obi-Wan was a real... <laughs> Crappy teacher, huh? It looks like, I guess. Like, he sort of agrees with me. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, he kind of was. And then he's like, yeah, you should you should do things differently. And then all of a sudden he's like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Oh, no, he goes way past <laughs> that. It takes until he's like, you should learn the dark side and become a Sith Lord before Luke's yeah. like, it's like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> this seems, this seems fishy. I saved your soul. You're not my dad. Like, <laughs> It was. Also, Luke, page one, is acting like someone else, and I guess it's Kevin J. Anderson, is making him run a Jedi Academy, even though he doesn't want yeah. to. Like, Yeah, like he is being forced <laughs> against his will. Yeah, it's he run. says like, oh, even a great Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi had failed with his student. Now Luke yeah. was expected to instruct others and make no mistakes. It's just like, no yeah. one expects that, Luke. Come on. No, yeah. You were here for a week and two people have called the dark side. Like, it's not great. This is not going No one's checking up on it. There is, I mean, they're all adults. Like, he's not training. Aside from Kip, it seems. None of them are very young. And even Kip is 18, so. Right. He's still, like, pretty much an adult. But, like, there's no, again, no medical anything. Nope. Nobody else there except Luke and 12 train like trainees like not full jedi right it's just and they're not like getting news like everyone who gantoris ever knew has died and they don't know until wedge comes by no it's after wedge it's somebody else mario jane maybe xr coon tells him well xr coon tells gantoris gantoris but like xr coon is the dark spear i don't know if we mentioned that he's like an old sith he he created the sith Oh, yeah, he's, like, the Papa Sith. <laughs> he's the first Sith Lord. <laughs> the first Sith. Um, who's, uh, you know, causing all these shenanigans. Luke doesn't want to be doing this. You know, I think pretty quickly everyone's going to realize they don't want Luke to be doing this. <laughs> you like, would think. I mean, they have so few ideas of what's going on that when Wedge comes by to, like, drop off some boxes, Luke says, uh... Uh, unload the unload the truck. It's a test. Yeah. Use the force. Yeah. <laughs> He's just lazy. He just wants to live on Yavin like a king, sleep twenty hours a day, <laughs> and have them serve him, and make it seem like that's training. Yeah. <laughs> also, was there a part? And I did read some of this in the middle of the night one night when my baby wouldn't yeah. sleep, so I might be a little confused. But wasn't there a part where he like? Took them all, took them to all like swim in hot geysers as a force thing and didn't have a plan to get out of the way of the death geyser. Was just like, I think that was part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Death geysers. Yeah. He's just, and he's like killing the students. Yeah. Well, and then maybe we should talk about what happens when Kip falls to the dark side because once again, and this is the, the beginning of the book versus the end, but once again, a student is just like transparently going off the rails. Yeah. With no one doing anything. Cause so Kip, like Gantoris, is from a very traumatic background. And right. yeah, we uh, sort of followed his journey from the last book. Yeah. And they're his like, parents were killed by the Empire. He's 
lived underground for Yeah, he was a slave years. his whole childhood and Yeah. That anyway, they're like, Well, we're not gonna treat you for your PTSD, but we can treat right. you know, train you to be a Jedi instead. And he's a crazy powerful with the force. Yeah, very sensitive. Jedi. Um and at first he's doing fine and he's really excited to learn. He's really wanting to like push his limits and doing all this stuff. And Luke is just like You're doing a lot of work there. You should yeah. you should do less. Try less. <laughs> Slow down. Don't try. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. Make less of do an effort. Yeah. <laughs> You're it's not just about it's not just about learning stuff. It's also about knowing stuff. It just says some useless BS and keeps He doesn't know what he's talking. <laughs> and he even says like, I don't even think Yoda or Obi-Wan would know what to do with you, Kip, so what do you expect? Yoda, from me? Yoda would be like, uh-uh. Send that one right home. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing that. Yoda would be like, this one needs uh, you know, to have cognitive behavioral therapy to work. Yeah, yeah, it just needs to like sit down and talk to someone and then maybe we could drain it <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but no, this is not no, no. <laughs> but no, yeah, so no. Kip starts to get like antsy and doesn't uh socialize with the other um trainees and obviously he's getting corrupted by the ghost of Exarchune, but right. From Luke's perspective, he's just suddenly, like, really angry and yelling at people and having outbursts about how awesome the Sith Lords were during the Great Sith yeah, War thousands like of years ago. Who, like, discovered, like, heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Aleister Crowley. Like, he's just, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going through a phase. Yeah, he's like, through, he's like, got, like, Hail Satan scribbled phase. on his notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's like, no, Tio, Nomi Sunrider was a, was a patsy. Do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Nomi's like, oh, well, if you, <laughs> that was really weird. Cause like, Tion has been telling the story of Nomi Sunrider, who's come up before. Um, she tells that story uh, again to Jason and Jaina later. Yeah. But, but, uh, Kip, because he's been sort of like corrupted by Extra Coon, is like, that's not how the story goes. And Tion is like sincerely hurt that he wasn't like, Helping her write this history the way it's yeah she <laughs> she's just like you you everyone knew I was doing this research for weeks like if you knew stuff right, about like, Nomi Sunrider you should have told me should have come to me it's not like oh my god like that's wrong like I did this research and that's not what I found she was like if you had other like information you should have told me. <laughs> it's bananas <laughs> Tion's really sweet <laughs> she's very sweet but maybe not the brightest no she know. really should stand up for her work um yeah more but but like at no point does luke ever go to kip and sit down with him and say you know you're so talented i'm so proud of you but i'm noticing some things that are worrying me a little bit like what's going right. on with you right. like why is something going on why are you feeling yeah. this way where are you where are you where did you hear all this stuff about the sith like this is right. you know just he never he does not say anything no. And he's just like, oh, that guy's a little angry. He's like, oh, that was rude. I hope he's not rude yeah. next time I see him. Yeah. Off to bed. I'm going to go sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... Ugh. No, he's just... It's like he's also just someone who's reading the book with us. Like he's, yeah. It's like he doesn't think he can participate in the story. Right. But it's also infuriating that, like... I don't know, like, Mon Mothma's going through it. 
But, like, that Leia isn't, like, and it, this is ridiculous because, like, they're fictional and they're in this fictional world, but, like, apparently this behavior is fine. But, like, to me, I'm like, Leia, like, step in. Like, clearly he's not doing enough. <laughs> well, that's maybe a good uh, – because to talk about Leia, um, yeah, I'm so bothered <laughs> by – yeah, um, yeah, it's very bothered. I'm so bothered by this portrayal of Leia. So, even before we see Leia, we get the characterization of Leia via the things that are sent to the Jedi Academy. Yeah, by her. By her, which is like... She's basically sending like a care package. Right, she sends all this yeah. to... She says... um Food, synthesizers, comfortable clothes, heaters, humidity neutralizers, which we have those. They're called dehumidifiers, but whatever. Right, yeah. um, <laughs> and some wind chimes. And Luke's like, oh, there's so much unnecessary stuff in here. Obviously, Leia's the one who put it all together. Like, what is with this portrayal of Leia as fussy and high maintenance? Like, this is an yeah. ongoing thing of like, you know how Leia is in the lap of right, luxury. She's so sensitive. Yeah. Women be shopping, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that part I was like really mad at Luke because I'm like, she's just like sending nice, like, she's sending you like a care bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just came back from South Carolina. You know what's nice to have when it's hot? A dehumidifier. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> And it doesn't seem like, you know, over, it's not like she's sending, like, I don't know, yeah, like, it, it seems very strange that she's sort of portrayed as this, like, help, like, it's sort of helpless, because when, although this was also completely infuriating, and we might have to spend some more time talking about this, but after she is, like, ejected from the ship when she and Admiral Ackbar are about to crash, she's, like, super weepy, like, right. can barely contain her, like, just like she just has like a complete freak out which is like sort of understandable I right guess. um but this is but a woman seem- who saw her home world explode and like right and sighed and looked to the side yeah like it just didn't sound like her at all um and maybe like another a new character someone we didn't know to have that reaction like that makes sense but for Leia, it doesn't make sense at all then like what i'm also baffled by is that han and lando are like on vacation with Kip or whatever and like he gets a message that she's like been in this accident and he's like oh I gotta get to her and then they like play one more sobbing (laughs) like I I don't understand their relationship like he seems to see her as this like wilting flat like just like super sensitive and yet he like doesn't seem to want to be like a husband to her yeah okay so this is ridiculous han has taken kip skiing at the polar ice cap of coruscant left jason and jana with 3po so that he could take kip yeah like at the lodge yeah (laughs) so he could take kip skiing so then they get the word that leia's been in the accident and then they come back to where they live on coruscant so, like, yeah. Lana's not there. And then, I guess, although they don't say, I guess he drops off Kip and the kids and 3PO. And then he goes to get his ship. And right. Lando's there. I don't know why Lando's there. Just, like, tinkering with it, I guess. Trying to be helpful. Oh, he was, like, helping Chewie with some repairs or something. Yeah. And then Han is just, like, psychotically attacking him. Yeah, for no reason. For no reason. And, uh, just, like, 
fighting back and forth and going on and on about it. And then, um, huh, uh, Lando just is getting angry and is like, look, this used to be my ship. I can help out working on it. And you probably cheated when you got it from me anyway, which he's only saying that in anger. Right. So you had a rise out of it. Yeah. And Han's like, all right, let's, uh, let's have another card game right this second. It's really important that we settle this issue now because Leia's been in an accident and I want to be the right, one to pick I. her up. And Lando, <laughs> and Lando's just like, whoa, if Leia's been in an accident, just take right, like, just the go ship. Go get yeah. her. I didn't even mean it. I don't care. It's right, fine. Yeah. And, and Han's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. We are going to have this card game right now. And, uh, Lando wins the card game, and yeah. he's still just like, well, okay, but, like, it's fine. Like, you were distraught. Like, the bar of the ship. We shouldn't yeah. have been, we shouldn't have been playing. Like, we, it's fine. It's still your ship. Whatever. And Han's like, no, you won. I guess Leia's not going to get picked up in the Millennium Falcon. And just, like, does not go Doesn't get her. go pick her up. <laughs> I wrote my notes. Oh, my God, go pick up your wife. Like, <laughs> so sorry. Like, can you imagine? Like, yeah. that is... No, it's awful. He, yeah, he- it is awful. And I think that's maybe why, like, going back to why Lando was a bit of a high point, was, like, moments like that where Lando's, like, the only voice of reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was insane. And that was on page 48, because my note is, um, it's gonna be a long book when, yeah. <laughs> when that happened. Yeah. But that's part, I mean, this is another criticism. Uh, <laughs> and we're really down on this one. But, like, we spent, like, chapters, because they do the Sabbath game three, is it three times? They do it two three more times. times after this. Two more times. It's, this is also something that's, like, already been done. Like, we already knew from the lore of their friendship, from their history, that there was a Sabbath game and Lando lost the Falcon. Right. And if like, we read uh, the Han Solo trilogy, we got to see it. Right. 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 So, like. So that story's already out. And right. when it happened in the Han Solo trilogy, it wasn't that big a moment in their friendship. Right, right. Which I think is, you know, again, one of the reasons that book works is because it doesn't sort of the spirit and the themes of that of that series does not hinge on the giant moments that you're waiting to happen. Right. No, that's maybe it's a smaller quibble. But Kevin J. Anderson's fondness for directly quoting the original yes. Star Wars movies. At one point, Admiral Akbar says it's a trap, and I yeah. like <laughs> threw myself off a bridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> At one point, Kip Duran, he's talking about like getting revenge on the Empire, and he says like he wants to strike back. Oh my yeah, strike back at the Empire. What? (laughs) Stop it. Like, especially do not compare like the middle book of this trilogy. Like, you don't want to go down that road. No, it's not a good not a good place. And then you're gonna lose. But then like the next time they play Sobic for the Falcon is again when Leia needs help needs to be picked up somewhere. I think maybe Han just like internally hates her (laughs) and is like, I will do everything I can to like not well, like, they obviously didn't work through their issues in the last book where she transparently no. hates him. Hates him. And yeah, maybe now he's like, well, I guess the feelings. <laughs> like, they're just each hoping the other one will die. Die. Because yeah. in the 
Because in the next one, it's that she's in this, she's out on Calamari, which seems like a kind of insensitive name for Admiral Akbar's planet, but like, whatever. Um, She's on Calamari when there's this attack, and she sends out a distress signal where she's like, hey, New Republic, like, we are in trouble. Send everyone in the world right now. And if you cannot get here quickly, don't bother because we will be dead. Like, get here now. And so Han goes storming off to find Lando because that is what Han does when he's upset. Yeah, can't do anything by himself. <laughs> Doesn't like tell Lando what's wrong or anything. Just starts freaking out, yelling and screaming at him and demanding to use the Falcon. And Lando's like, hey, look, this is actually my ship now. Like, you need to stop. And Han's like, Leia's in trouble. Are you going to help me or do I have to pick you up by the scruff of your neck and fling you off the yeah. ship? And Lando's just like, no, if Leia's in trouble, let's go. Like, right, like let's go. Like, <laughs> all you had to do was say, like, Leia was in trouble, and, like, we'll take the Falcon. Also, like, you know, maybe we should talk about how often your wife's in trouble. This seems to be a thing. And so then on the way, Han is just, like, sulking and being passive-aggressive, and he's just... Yeah, he's so mean to him. He's just, like, 12... It's like it's like Han is 12 and Lando is his stepdad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want people to listen to what you say. <laughs> And so then they play Sonic. Yeah, and like Lando doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and so then they like play Sonic for the Falcon again. And Lando transparently lets Han win. Win, yeah. Like Han even is like thinking, because he in this book is a moron. He's like, oh, Lando usually has a great poker face, but now he looks really worried. So I know his cards must be really bad. She's like, he doesn't want to win. Everyone's dumb dumb. He doesn't want (laughs) to win. And so then he wins. And then the next time they're on the Falcon, (laughs) giving Mara Jade a ride somewhere. Um, yeah. Lando's saying like, oh, hey, how about if I make some tasty food? And Han's like, no, I only like fast food. And yeah. Lando's like, hey, I, I cleaned up. And Han's like, well, I liked it when it was dirty. Um, yeah, they're children. <laughs> and so they play Sonic for the Falcon again. Um, because Lando's like, stop being a dick. I let you win. And Han's like, if you let me win, then we have to play. So Lando wins and is just like, yes, I won. I am better at this game than you. This ship is yours. I'm giving it to you as a gift. Can we never do this again ever? Please. It's like a total waste of time. (laughs) But that is, I mean, that's most of how we see Han, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really do anything else. Other than, playing Sobek for the fact and that's maybe another point for Luke Han the only person in the world that Han loves is Kip Duran so like when Kip starts slipping to the dark side it's crazy that Luke doesn't call Han and say like I'm kind of worried about this kid could you come and like sit down with me because we know that he trusts you and like we could talk to him together about this yeah I found it very strange that I mean like I guess it makes sense because they went through a lot together in the last book but that like Han took Kip on like a one-on-one (laughs) you have like a lot of other things that are going and, on and like that was twitch. not their first like one-on-one vacation because they no, say like, he like kept talking to him like you like han to kip like you deserve a, a, a life of ease of like you deserve yeah, to just like, like spend your life having fun fun like let's you know, go to the arcade and like, like <laughs> yeah, that like Han has been spending the last like two months just taking Kip on like right, glamorous like, vacations. Adventures. Yeah, to like the video arcade, and, and laser tag, and like every fun thing. Like, I'll take you. Sur- I'll take you skiing, and I'll yeah. take you surfing. Like they're basically yeah. just living point break without any robberies. Yeah. It's just oh God, like male friendship <laughs> and <Yeah>. outdoor sports. <laughs> oh, it's the dream. <laughs> 
But he has, like, twin children that need looking after. And no one is looking after them. No one is. Okay, can we, like, just run down? We're going to need to talk about Jason and Jaina. Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. Okay. But but particularly Jason, Jaina. So there's, like, they're barely in this book until sort of the end. They shouldn't be in this book at all. I mean, they shouldn't be in this book at all. But But they're, like... Sort of in the background right, of everything. Yeah, so like when Han is skiing with Kip, they're sl- they're having 3PO take them sledding. Yeah, and there's like one point where Han and Leia like read them a story and Leia's like, oh my god, he's the greatest dad ever. And I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's barely a parent. <laughs> Sorry, honey. No. Um, so like they're kind of around like when Leia and Han like could spare a moment yeah. for their two children. Um, and then at the towards the end of the book, there, so Leia is off on Mon Calamari, or Calamari, right? And and Han and Lando are off trying to rescue or whatever. <laughs> and so Chewie and three PO are put in charge of the babies. Yeah, and they take them to the holographic zoo, which we've talked about in depth before. <laughs> to go back to our young Jedi books, it comes up. Yeah, which is just like a zoo. It's basically like a like a we said like a country, country bear, bear jamboree, jamboree. <laughs> but with like exotic animals it's like um, a cross between the museum of natural history and the country bear jamboree because it's like extinct animals in dioramas but they're somewhat interactive yeah um so they take the kids there apparently 3po like i don't i don't know i think 3po is getting a very bad rap in this book because he's doing everything he can to take care of these kids and he's doing and he's right about everything no, he is about like how to take care of them and what they need, and and but the the kids seem to be a little bit resentful of three PO, which makes sense because their parents are just like abandoned them. <laughs> abandoned them to be raised so by three PO. Hate the holographic zoo and just well, this is like the one way, the one thing that three PO has done wrong here, in my opinion, right. which is also understandable because these kids are like fictional toddlers that are precocious in a way that is creepy right not realistic not at all um and so he's trying to make the trip educational for them right and because children hate knowledge they like run (laughs) off run away yeah but that's like that's another thing so 3po is taking care of one of them and Chewie is taking care of the other one. I mean, they're all together, but they're sort of one on one. And right. then they, like, the two kids decide they're going to run away. And so they sprint off in opposite right. directions from each other. These children at this stage, it is explicitly said, are two and a half. Yeah. For any listeners out there who may not have recently had to chase a two and a half year old, mm-hmm. even ones who are sure footed, aided by the force and right. purposeful, their legs are short and they are not that yeah. fast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that caught by surprise across the room, you can still, when the chips are down, catch a two and a half year old yeah. quickly. Somehow, yeah. it kind of makes sense for 3PO. He does not right, really have the gross motor skills to be an effective yeah. caregiver. That's not his fault. How right on earth do these children out outpace Chewbacca? I don't know. Both of them. <laughs> like, including the one that was like in arm's reach. So... They run away from Chewie and 3PO, and they get on a random elevator, and they take mm-hmm. it to the level one of Coruscant, because it's the city built yeah. on the city, and the lower down you go, the more, like, feral it is. I have a lot of issues with Coruscant at this yeah, point. Yeah, feral, yeah. But, like, like, feral people. if you go to the lowest level, it's just, like, monsters and chaos and jungle. Yeah. Why do all the elevators go there? 
Like, no, from the holographic zoo. Like, like <laughs> they're in the holographic zoo. They go into the hallway and they're just like, well, let's see what this Immediately in the monster lair. Like. And they're just like, an ogre tries to eat them. And there's yeah, like a rat spider or something. And yeah, and they see hawk bats at one point. And they're just like, they keep quoting the story that Han would reach them, the little Ospanta cub, which comes up a lot. Yeah. That story gets like. Really it's the only the it's the only children's book in the entire right. Star Wars universe. <laughs> the little lost bet, the cub. Um which does seem really cute and if I, I kinda wish they had like a real version. Oh, I would totally get that. It does sound like <laughs> a cute yeah. story. High um, point, little lost anyway, cub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would I would buy. Um, it's sort of like an Are You My Mother kind of book. Yes. The little lost Bantha Cub keeps saying, like, you know, I'm lost, like Please help me find my home. Please help me find my home, yeah. So they keep sort of quoting that. And then eventually they run into, like, the king of the underworld. (laughs) (laughs) But not in, like, underworld, like, crime way. Underworld just, like... No, underworld, like, literally underworld, of course. Yeah. (laughs) um, And at first he's, like, seems like he's going to be real mean. And then they just, like, precocious the hell out of him. Yeah, and he's just like, you're so cute. Do you want to stay here with us and be... They're like, no. Like, we, want, we really want to go home. And he's like, okie dokie. And so... <laughs> he brings them home. He takes them home through their AC unit? Like, Yeah. Yeah, and then Chewie and 3PO come in and, like, Hanalei are just, like, bouncing the kids on their knees. And this guy is there. And Leia's like, oh, like, his people were, like you know, run underground when the Emperor was... Yeah, they were basically all just, like, file clerks and bureaucrats, and they knew that if you do anything wrong in your 9 to 5, the Emperor will just have you executed. So anytime they, they like... they all, like, ran underneath you. Yeah, they just fled to live under the city, and they're like, you can come back and live in the world with us now. And he's like, no thanks. Yeah, I like my kingdom. But... (laughs) But in all that, so that's Jason and Jaina's story, which... Doesn't have anything to do. Doesn't have anything. And that stretched on and on and on. And it didn't happen until the end. So it's not like. And it went nowhere. It's only got like a chapter here and there. But like when they lose the kids at the zoo, 3PO Mm -hmm. says like what we need to do now is to pull the fire alarm, shut this place down and get security to help us find the kids. Yes. And that is what you are (laughs) <laughs> and Chewbacca, like, freaks out and will not let him. And they waste all this time going from exhibit to exhibit because everyone's right, acting right, like right. 3PO's a jerk. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like 3PO's literally the only one who knows anything about raising children. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it. it's hard, I think, to realistically write very young children. Right. And, like, there's a weirdness. And, and we've talked a little bit about this previously. But, like... Like, they come off creepy, but not in the way that you'd think. Because, again, this is going back to, like, Dune and, like, magical twins, right? Twins having sort of, like, psychic powers with each other. Like, the Dune twins, later on Ghanaman, like, from the time they were, like, out of the womb, like, were conscious, right? So even though they couldn't talk, they were very, like, aware. And that's what made them creepy, right? That they were, like, so in tune with what was going on that it was creepy. And, like, that was sort of makes sense with Jane and Jason, that, like... Well, the reason they're sort of, like, so, you know, weird and, like, not acting like children is because, like, they're so Force-sensitive that they're, like, have this, like, uber-awareness of what's going on. But that does not seem at No, all that doesn't seem case. at all to be the case. And they also, like, don't seem that tuned into each other. No, and, they even, and it even says in the narration that, like, 
they can kind of sense where each other are, but, like, they can't really, like, use it, like, it's just sort of, like, an instinctual thing. Like, it's not, like, a, you know. Yeah, but you could develop that with anyone that you spend a lot of time with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they, they really can't use their, like, they can use it in the sense that, like, if they really want something, they can, like, knock something off the table or right. whatever. Right, or, like, like, lay, like, I think at one point Jana's, like, levitating a fork at dinner and Leia's just like, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. Yeah, but, like, they're not using it in any sort of, like, conscious no. way. And also, it seems like neither, not, no one in the Skywalker family seems to be anywhere near on the level that, like, Kip Duran is right yeah they're i mean they're, yeah it's like they're making this yeah, huge fuss like, about oh my gosh we have to keep these children safe we have to make sure no one gets near these kids these why? kids are just so important and meanwhile there could be just anyone apparently it could be like this guy on carida i am we have to talk about the target doctrine <laughs> <laughs> he's got a doctrine <laughs> but okay but yeah so the, the idea that this guy on Karita who has who this guy i just his living a life but um yeah. and he he wants to kidnap anakin solo right because he's like this baby is like really sensitive with the force right. and if i raise him to be evil then he can be like the next Darth Vader or the next right. emperor. Um so number 1, how <laughs> does any how can anyone be sure that a baby is sensitive with the force? Like what is what is the baby doing that? I mean, give like we're right. seeing Jason and Jaina do some stuff with the force that like if you knew them Right. But that's like, you know, in again, Harry Potter will never stop. But like, you know, in Harry Potter, when you like have a magical kid, like, they don't really know what they're doing. But like, magic stuff just happens. Like, yeah, sometimes magic stuff happens. But it's not like anything crazy. No, no. It's like, you know, they manage to like open a door or, you know. Yeah, they jump really high or they bounce when they should fall or they, you know, a glass, a piece of glass disappears for like a second or whatever. Right, right. It's nothing, nothing major. Yeah. Yeah, so that sort of seems like what Jason and Jean are kind of doing. Yeah, that seems like it should be where they are. So, like, Anakin's not even a year old yet. He's not a year old. No one has seen him. No one has seen him except his dad a few times, although he's been... Right, and Admiral Akbar every week. Yeah, (laughs) like, he's mostly with Kip Duran. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Han, you know, Han couldn't be bothered with his real children. No, Han is mostly hanging out with Kip um, and fighting with Lando. Yeah, fighting with Lando, picking fights with his best friend who he loves. Yeah, and but yeah, it's like, how does anyone know that these kids are sensitive with the Force other than just? I think this is my theory: is that the fact that they hid them immediately <laughs> sent everybody into a tizzy. Like everyone was like, "Oh God." They must have, like, fallen out of the womb and, like, <laughs> done some crazy fourth thing that they had to hide them immediately. When really, they were just like, I bet people are going to come after these kids. <laughs> they just, like, made it, it was like a self-fulfilled prophecy. Like, they just, like... <laughs> yeah, they just, like... Because there's no proof. Like, there's nothing. No, and also, like... Unless Admiral Akbar is, like, showing pictures of Anakin <laughs> yeah. doing crazy fourth stuff. It's just, like, this idea, like, I will, even though this new Republic government is, like, growing and building alliances right. and doing all this stuff, and 
imperial loyalist after imperial loyalist has fallen. Like, if I get this one specific baby and raise right. him to adulthood. <laughs> right. I'll bring the empire This will right fix back. it. 18 years. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, like, other force-sensitive babies. Yeah, like, like, why does it need to be this baby? Yeah, and also, like, you're right. Like, the Skywalker's... Like, they're fine. Yeah, like, they're fine in the force. (laughs) But, like, be, and it's not to Luke's credit in these books, but to Darth Vader's credit. Um, (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) It was, he was obviously, like, using the force was, like, he was an adherent. He was a Sith Lord. He, using the force was important to him in his, like, personal spiritual practice and all of that and choking people from time to time. But he did not primarily rely on use of the force in achieving his position and his power and his success like it was most people did not know that Darth right, Vader that was, right, yeah. was a big Sith Lord they didn't right. know that he was choking no, people like, like he was just a very successful yeah. imperial guy anyway who happened to be a force user but now all these people are acting like you can only reach a certain level of success if you right, are you, a force person right. and that seems to go against this is taking me way back to, like, our first episodes, which is, like, forced up. But, like, goes back to that idea that the Force is, like, not that the Force is, like, because the lightsaber is, like, right, the worst case scenario is you have to pull out your lightsaber. But even the Force, like, like Jedi know that, like, the Force is in everything and, like, it's flowing through us all the time. But it, like, for Obi-Wan and Yoda, it seems like you don't really use the Force as, like, a tool. Like, it's not something that, like... Helps you do the dishes. Like, it's just like, it's not magic, right? It's just something that like, you are aware of, you can be really sensitive to it, you can sort of like help people through really hard times, or you can influence people like- Right, you're it, in it, tune it, with it. You're in, right, the, but you're not, you're in like, the flow of it. Right, you're not like pulling, you know, stuff off shelves because you're too lazy to get up. No, like, you're not like, you shouldn't be like Matilda with the floor. Right, <laughs> right it's not like- telekinesis like it's it's just like you are using the force to make the world a better place right that like to make it a safer place right you're sort of like the keepers of this right and and if if the force is flowing through all of us then like the truest goal of the force may be you know balance harmony peace right and in service of the force you work to right. like you may have to use it right right but, but it's not like an everyday like, that was my impression of the Force until this book. <laughs> like, well, and I, I will say that I feel like that is much more in keeping with the kind of portrayal of the Force we get in, like, this yeah. conversation is exactly the conversation in The Last Jedi, right? Like, right, is right. the it's Force like, something right, that Jedi right. can use to pick up rocks and make people do what they want? Or is right. that, like, a misunderstanding? Right. It's like, larger thing, yeah. And the thing is, it's, like, a little bit of both. But for the most part, like, it's not the picking up rocks, right? It's the, it's the sort of, like, understanding the connection of life, right? The, like, and, like, you're in tune with it, and, like, you're particularly, like, if you are force-sensitive, right, it just means you're, like, really particularly in tune with those connections, and you can manipulate them, and you're supposed to manipulate them for the betterment, right, of everything. Um, I mean, so these books, I mean, these books also, <laughs> let's, let's just, I'm gonna, this is a, sh- I'm gonna get a shovel and keep digging, because okay. <laughs> these books digging. also, for me, introduce the idea of, like, 
degrees of sensitivity to the force as having like a yes. much wider range than I would have anticipated. Because I'm not saying that right. force sensitivity has to be strictly binary, where you're either Han or Luke. You either got it or you right. don't. But don't, yeah. it seems like you could – there should be like – three levels like you're you're off you're low or you're high but like this is like the force goes to 11 and you can be anywhere Anywhere on the scale yeah and that doesn't really make sense with like the other impressions of what the force because it seems like in everything else we've read that people who have who are strong with the force who have mastered the force like once you understand how to use the force, everyone's just sort of like equally good at it. Right. Right. Like if right. you know yeah, how so to like, use it, then you know how to use right, it. You know how to use it. And if yeah. you don't, then you don't. It wasn't like on the, it wasn't like in Courtship of Princess Leia when they were fighting the witches of Dathomir that some witches right. could throw really big force lightning and some witches threw little force right. lightning because some of them were really lightning. strong with the force and some of them were kind of, but like, but with Kip, we get this weird, like Mary Sue Jesus y thing where he's just yeah. like so strong with the force. It's like, why though? Like, right. what do we get from having him be this crazy overpowered? And I don't know what happens to Kip in the rest of the history of the expanded universe, mm-hmm. but like, how can he be an existing character out there and have him and like have the main focus not be him if he is just like force right. Jesus, right? Well, yeah, like, and that's that other talk about this a lot but that's that other sort of problem with these books is that like there's so many characters right and there's so much stuff happening all the time that like it almost doesn't make sense that all these people could exist at once like no but like they keep running into each other in this like right right it's and a small no world other... after all things so like Wedge and Quizooks. Oh my god. Go on a vacation together because Wedge has been assigned to be her personal bodyguard. And as far as I can tell, it's just like, like the, he's got the Kevin Costner bodyguard. Yeah, he is the bodyguard <laughs> thing in mind. And he's like, I'll take, I will always love you. Like, <laughs> he's just like taking her on vacation. So he takes her to this planet called Ithor, which is just like a vacation planet, just the Bahamas yeah, of so space. The Ithors are the hammerhead aliens that we see in Moss Eisley Cantina because one of the characters is like, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this one guy is the, he's like the the concierge, like welcomes yeah. them and he's like, Oh hey, I know that you're Wedgie Antilles and right. I was actually in the Cantina in Moss Eisley when Han Solo met Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like FOMO like fear was a guy like I was there. Like, <laughs> it's just I like okay. Number one, <laughs> that is ridiculous that this yeah. is happening. But and he's like, he's even like, obviously, I didn't know at the time that that's what was happening. I was dealing with my own stuff. It's like number okay, like how do you know you were there right. then? We're there, like even if you know that because he went and watched a new hope, I was like, oh, there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. It yeah, because like-, like even if you know that they met, like. There was a restaurant that we used to eat at called the Green Turtle. So, like, even if we found out that some people, Green Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> great, we miss you, Green Turtle. Um, I had fried pickles somewhere else; it wasn't the same. Come back, but um, but even if we found out that like 
Beyonce and Jay-Z wrote their new collaborative song at the Green Turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely did not happen. (laughs) But even if we heard that that had happened, it does not follow that we were there when Beyonce and Jay-Z wrote it. Just because, like, unless they also Also, said the specific day that they did it and we should write. And, like, I, again, this is going way back to our early quibbles with these books. But, like, is there, like, a timeline? Did someone, like, write down, like, minuscule detail? Like, because, like, if you're looking at a history, right, and you're and a history of the rebellion and a history of these, like, heroes, right? Maybe you knew that Luke met Han at some bar in Mos Eisley. But you probably don't know the specific day. You probably do not know the specific time. Like, it's just, like, a story that gets told, right? But, right? No, but they are acting like there is, like, a placard on the table Yes, right. <laughs> like, this is where this is the like, yeah. When you go to like the Al Capone restaurants, in yeah, or Chicago. like um, like Katz's in New York with like all yeah, the, right. This is where yeah, Harry and Sally was yeah. filmed, right? Like, but that's not we. You don't get that impression at all anywhere else, and it does seem like someone had like a video and was like, "I got it all on tape. I got it all on tape," and they like <laughs> sat around and got popcorn and was like. Put it in, put it in. I was definitely like, I, I went to this bar all the time. I think I and must he's be like, there. okay. Right. And he sees like Han. It's like seeing yourself on the news. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's seeing like Han meet Chewie. And he's like, in the background, in the background. <laughs> there totally, no, that's like when I was in the background of an episode of the Colbert Report and I like screenshot yeah, it right. and like circled it with right, MS so. Paint. It was like, there I am. Right. It's half right, of right. my face. But, like, you record that show. Like, there is video proof of that show. There was no video proof of Han meeting Luke. No. But, the, but they just, like, let that slide. They don't ask, like, how on earth could that be? Well, because Wedge doesn't care. <laughs> so they just let that slide. And so there's this guy, and he has two identical children oh. who are working for him. Uh-huh. And... He calls them seedlings. Yeah. So he's got two identical children who are working for him and they're not acting like normal kids. They seem sad and scared and like very efficient bellhops. And Quizooks is just like, Oh, like you didn't introduce the kids. Are, are, are you raising them? And this guy says, Oh, they're seedlings. It's my revenge against an old, it's, they're, they're clones of an old enemy of mine. And this is my revenge. And then he leaves, and Wedge and Quizooks are just like, huh. huh. So should we, like, go on a boat ride now or something? Yeah, like, yeah Wedge is like, uh, is it too late for me to ask to marry you? Like, <laughs> like, like goo-goo eyes. He's <laughs> just like, I'm sorry. This man yeah, just told you <laughs> that he apparently cloned an enemy twice to yeah. raise from infancy as as revenge as slaves in a hotel as revenge revenge and no everyone's fine and everyone's just like oh yeah checks out that's that's good vengeance like yeah that's how vengeance works <laughs> like the the amount of just slavery in these books yeah and that no one cares at all i mean like yeah because it does seem like there's a lot of talk of slavery in Tales from Java's Palace as well, but like you get the sense of that like reality, like right? No, and but that's be- and that's because it feels like Java's Palace is like off the map, right? Like this is off right, the beaten right. track. And, like, we are we are getting first person point of views of people who are slate, right? Like that. Right. Those short stories really sort of, um, even though they're like very short stories, really paint like 
a much more like harrowing experience of that whereas these books it's sort of like background fun info like like, it's very disturbing how like it just gets kind of like completely glossed over i feel like this must be explained in tales from all size cantina like that must be why it's getting oh we have to read that i'm really excited yeah no i feel like that must be why that's getting a pop here is that that's a connection yeah, there that makes sense because that i think was written but it makes no probably. sense that it's ha- that it's here like it makes no sense no. that it's happening other than just like a f- right. follow-up but like there to me seems to be like excessive amounts of like horrific suffering in these books yes. like way more like gruesomeness and death and torture and just like yeah. general awfulness Maybe that's why, I mean, not, there's a lot, again, a lot of reasons why the our three main characters don't make sense and are frustrating. But maybe part of it is that they are witnessing a lot of the suffering and are not doing anything. No, they regularly meet, like, people who are enslaved and they hear about right. horrible murder. They are just constantly shrugging this stuff off. They're like, oh, all yeah. the colonists on Dantooine were killed? That's too bad. Yeah, like, oh, we tried to make that work out I guess it didn't. Like, for yeah. that, like, yeah, nothing. Yeah, they're just very, like, I don't know. It's the things that would would affect these characters that you would think would affect these characters and make them jump into action. Just no, like, like, like your like your student being burned to death. <laughs> like, yeah, like you would think that you would want to find out how he caught fire. Yeah. Because I understand that Luke, he catches on fire, he dies, and Luke says, beware the dark side. But you, the dark side does not cause spontaneous combustion. Like, I understand that it yeah. makes you <laughs> ugly and can shoot lightning from your fingertips, but, like, let's get right. real. It, you it doesn't yeah. make you explode. And if it does, that needs to be explained in a way it has yeah. not. I understand that Exarchium burned him up, but, like, Luke doesn't know that unless right. Luke is reading the book with me. <laughs> yeah. Which is what it feels like. There's a character in, I think it's Bleak House, in a Dickens novel that spontaneously combusts. I mean, it's apparently something, yeah, I've Googled it. It's apparently something that's, like, occasionally happened throughout history, and it has something to do with, like, I don't know. Wait, spontaneous combustion in fiction has occasionally happened throughout history, or actually? No, in, like, real life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. There's definitely a Wikipedia page spontaneous combustion because like i watched like a discovery channel thing that was investigating spontaneous combustion and they said they thought that it was just people falling asleep holding lit cigarettes no that's what it is yeah like that's the explanation yeah no that's a compelling yeah there have been unconfirmed anecdotal reports of people spontaneously combusting this is wikipedia okay well alleged phenomenon is not considered true spontaneous combustion as opposed to cases that have been largely attributed to the wick effect that's the that's the the, yeah yeah, the thing where whereby an external source of fire ignites nearly flammable materials and human fat or other sources so it's like kind of a true thing just like not okay but gantor is caught on fire from the inside no no i know (laughs) (laughs) no he did spontaneously fictionally he wasn't a smoker Um, (laughs) also he they always mention how gantor shaves his eyebrows off and i wish he was just someone who didn't have eyebrows because the fact that he's making that choice on a regular basis yeah, when you start going to the dark side, no. eyebrows just first take off. Okay, and this is I, I'm. This is a big question to ask this late in the game, but but I okay. just like w- I feel like we've Let's barely scratched it. the surface of all the insanity. I know here. it's 
And maybe this, oh, this can, is all we can do. No, we're going to do all we can. <laughs> but this is like another comparison with Jabba's Palace. So okay. in Jabba's Palace, even though we're just getting these little like peaks in, like I feel right. like I understand how Jabba's Palace works. Like I feel like I know now yes. who does what, how it's put together. Mm-hmm. My question after reading this book, my one remaining question that we haven't addressed, how – are representatives how are government representatives appointed in the new republic like leia is leia's on a council mon mothma's the head of the council this council makes all decisions admiral akbar's on the council he quits leia wants his vote back at no point does anyone run for an office i don't think that's how it works like i think i think probably like different planets or systems have their own systems of like electing officials. Like I could see that for the for the Senate, right? For like the New Republic Senate. Right. And I think for the for the New Republic, I think you're friends with Mon Mothma <laughs> or uh, honestly, or you have some sort of, you know, like that guy who's the one who ends up uh hating the young Jedi Knights. I forget his name. Right. Um who's also in these books that like it seems like nobody likes him, but he somehow like either has a lot of power, or a lot of influence and has gotten onto this council like it there's no voting yeah it just seems it's how could you do it you couldn't do it (laughs) because yeah and like now my mothma's really sick and she's covering it up and it seems like there should be like a thing where it's like oh no if you're really sick then we have to right the the person you know second in line yeah or i mean because even if there's not a direct vote by everyone because which makes sense like you right. know, the citizens of America don't vote for whoever is in charge of the United Nations, right? Like, that's something right, right, right. that they do. But our government does send someone there. Right, to represent. But yeah. if you're – and I don't know enough about how the United Nations works. But yeah. if you're somebody who's important at the United Nations and you get sick, my guess is that you're supposed to – that when you're supposed to step aside, not get your best friend to help you cover it up. Right? No. Like – Well, I mean – we can't answer this question, I don't think. But I have a lot of questions about, like, Leia and Mon Mothma's relationship. Yeah. And, like, like just... Like, was Mon, Mothma's, was Mon Mothma Leia's mentor? They are both from Alderaan. They're both from Alderaan. It seems like Mon Mothma's maybe just, like, a little bit older, like, than Leia and has some... Well, because Mon Mothma was, like, pretty high up in the Rebellion when we see her in... Right. In Jedi, Jedi, she outranks Leia in the Rebellion. So maybe she just continued to outrank. Or maybe she just had perfect attendance, because Leia was out for, like, all of Empire Strikes Back and the beginning of... No, that's true. Yeah. Um, But, like, they seem to be, like, friends, but also... I mean, like, they have a shared history, but they don't seem to have much of a personal relationship. Right. I guess that's part of it. I Yeah. I, I honestly don't know, like, what the New Republic's doing. I mean, it seems like nothing. Nothing. I mean, they seem to be like, you know, sloppily recruiting people. And like, if your planet's destructing and someone comes and tells us that it's destructing, we'll like maybe move you to a new planet, but we're not going to check on you and we're not going to give you any like. No, but this is exactly (laughs) the same problem as Luke's Jedi Academy, where you are trying to assemble a group, but you don't have a purpose. It's like just. Getting a group of planets or people or whatever together is not in and of itself a useful thing to do. Useful thing, yeah. Yeah. 
Like if the, like enough. if I were running a planet, if I yeah. if I were the Duchess Mistal or whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was running a planet, and the New Republic sent someone to be like, "Hey, would you like to join the New Republic?" Right. My question is, be like, well, what is the advantage of joining the New Republic? Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you provide to me, and what in exchange do you expect me to provide right. to you? Yeah, and. I can't it's tell what like the answer all, to that is. All they want is for you to say, like, we're definitely not going to fall back to the Empire. Thumbs up. Like, that is, I think what they want is just, like, they're recruiting people not not for some sort of, like, tactical advantage. Just to be like, we're just trying to make sure that there's, like, no systems out there that are still, like, loyal to the Emperor because... You know that if someone wants to bring him back from the dead, they're gonna <laughs> yeah. do it. Or they'll just get a baby. <laughs> right. Or they're just gonna steal someone's baby wait 18 years and then put their plan in motion. Like <laughs> I kind of like I don't get it, but I also kind of love this guy who's like, oh no, like I don't wanna be the new emperor. Like, I don't think I could run the empire. Right. But this baby <laughs> But also, he would be so disappointed because that is the sweetest baby ever. Like, no matter who yeah. raises Anakin, Aww. he's going to be a perfect angel from heaven. Like, we got to get. You can't turn that precious baby to the dark side. Like, what is no. this? He loves Admiral Akbar. He loves Admiral Akbar so much. Admiral Akbar yeah. and Winter seem to kind of have a thing going. Yeah. I was like, this book is filled with, like, like very. Like light flirtation, <laughs> like Emperor Winter, Wedge and Quizoots. Although they do kiss at some point, but like it's very all very like. Once again, like we get these like we get these like <laughs> passionate kisses and pa- a lot of passionate kisses, a lot of like stroking of hair. It's like Wedge, you are in your late thirties now. Why are you acting like you're in the gazebo in the Sound of Music? <laughs> like, yeah, they're very like giggly and like you know like butterflies in your stomach and yeah 16 going on 17 i mean you might as well cherish it because as far as romances in the star wars universe it goes from that to you're kidnapping your fiance <laughs> and then you hate each other <laughs> you're so. just both desperately hoping the other will die <laughs> yeah, really. no wonder jason and jana are are what they are i mean yeah it's not surprising that, that they end up the way they end up no i feel like there's so much there's just yeah, yeah. Grandma Tarkin had a doctrine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like we don't. We don't bring all of our power down every time. It's just right, like right. R- rather than you just go hard on somebody a couple of times and then everyone else right. will shape up. Right. Which is a very sort of Death Star kind of Tarkin talk. Yeah. Yeah. This is Han and Leia's marriage. Uh, when he goes to rest, <laughs> try to rescue her from the plan from Calamari, <laughs> he said. Uh, as he clambered down the exit ramp, he scanned the rescuers to see if he could find Leia. He hadn't held her in his arms in so long. As usual, when they were forced apart, he thought of all sorts of things uh, he wanted to say to her, the promises and sweet nothings she deserved, though he usually didn't manage to force them through his gruff exterior. So it's just like, when she's not here, I think of nice things to right. say to her, and then yeah. I don't <laughs> say <laughs> them. In front of my face, I'll never speak those words. <laughs> sweet nothings. Oof. <laughs> also, the holding in the arms, the sweet nothing. Yeah, there's a lot of like hold, like that Star Wars romance is like passionate kisses and like holding. I kind of like Dorsk eighty one. Yeah, Dorsk eighty one's an Jedi 
Yeah. Jedi recruits who is like a clone who he's the 81st clone um, of his, you know, kind. And he like, out of all of them, ended up being like kind of force sensitive and none of them. None of the previous 80 iterations were. were. I was like, why can't we learn more about him? Yeah, let's hear about this culture. The guy who saved Jason and Jaina said, we're just a bunch of feral bureaucrats who don't know any other life. Weird. <laughs> like, well, you do know another life. It's the life from before you went feral. Yeah. Very strange. So, when Kip falls to the dark side, he thinks that he's not falling to the dark side? I don't understand Kip. I don't understand. I don't understand how him or Kentaurus can be like, oh, this is what dark side is. Like, duh. Like, this would be like if you were training to to be a Catholic priest I guess. I, I don't know that much about it. But if you were trying to be a Catholic priest, so like you're Catholic, you're a true believer, you, you know, you're dedicating right. your life, you've read the Bible, you know all that. And like literally the devil the appeared devil. up yeah, in your bedroom you. with yeah. horns and a pitchfork and cloven hooves. Right. And was like, Classic devil. was like, hey, I'm the devil, but I've been misunderstood. Would you like to sell me your soul? And you, yeah. with no hesitation, was like, like yeah. yeah, absolutely. Where do yeah, I sign, devil? Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. in. Like, these guys have no questions, no yeah, hesitation. Nothing. They're just like, oh, there's an evil dark spirit that seems like an inky blackness of nothing in nighttime in yeah. the <laughs> Let's hear what this guy has to say. Yeah. And Gantoris has been, like, again, having dreams and, like, premonitions of this happening. Of this specific forever. thing. And he right. even, like, before he goes completely off the chain, he even goes to Luke and says, like, Hey, I know now for sure that you were not the dark guy from the dark man right, from my prophecy. <laughs> and Luke's just like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm glad to know Gantoris loves me now." <laughs> like, now yeah, oh, Luke's. <laughs> but like Gantoris, like, hey, just, just I'll dream of you <laughs> <laughs> I fall asleep. <laughs> oh, that was a moment I got really angry when when Seagal showed up at Yavin 4 and was like, I have a message for you from Leia. And, like, they brought over R2-D2 to, like, play yeah. the message just like well, in A New te- Hope. Again, technology. <laughs> just like, <laughs> are you yeah. kidding me right now? The only yeah, way Leia, Leia can talk to supplies. Luke is by sending him video messages in R2-D2. No. <sighs> I guess. I, I mean, I guess those... I mean, it, that's not it. I mean, I could keep... I could keep going. That's but not it. We ha- we just have to stop. Like I I feel stop, yeah. I feel unsatisfied but relieved because I had so much building yeah. up <laughs> within me. I mean, I the thing about the next. So we're gonna do we're gonna finish Tales from Java's House next week, and then the week after that, do the third uh, Jedi Academy book, which is Champions of the Force. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess we gotta get Kit back to the light side and get Luke out of his coma. Oh yeah, <laughs> do we? <laughs> He's fine. He loves to sleep. <laughs> that's lovely. That's the problem with the force coma is that the body <laughs> is not conscious, yeah. but the spirit is just rattling around. Yeah, it's just like and can't, can't sleep. Out. So, right. <laughs> so not good sleep. This is not gonna. This is not gonna suit Luke. Yeah, but I'll be interested. I mean, maybe it wraps up in a. <laughs> and a beautiful bow of sense. I mean, oh boy. 
I vividly remember how it ends, and I don't. <laughs> I think you just need to go in fresh. <laughs> okay. But next I'm week gonna... we're going back to Tales from Jabba's Palace. We're going to get the last six yeah. Tales from Jabba's Palace. So we're going to continue breaking up these stories. Yeah. These were not meant to be like binge in a week, and so we're gonna no give some yes, space. And I think it's it's good to get a breath between. No, it's not right, good I mean. to start a book this angry at every character in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> to go back and think like, oh, maybe I don't hate There him. was a time when I thought Luke Skywalker might be an interesting or useful person. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I can remember that. It was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we're going to read, um, let me double check, the last six tales from Jabba's Palace and uh, the epilogue. Um, as well, and the last tales are uh, a free quarren in the palace, Tessex tale, through skin deep, the fat dancer's tale by AC Crispin. Ooh, so yay! We're back to yeah. So we'll be we'll be reading the assassin's tale, which I know I've talked about. I am frightened <laughs> and excited, and I think it's it's gonna hold up. Um, but we're, we're also getting a Boba Fett tale. Um, so yeah, it should be an interesting way to end, end this journey. Through, through Jabba's, Jabba's palace. palace. Through the grossness that is Jabba's palace. It is a, it is a gross place. All right. Well, thanks. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much. 